0: ready ma
1: i'm ready let's go
0: all right and welcome to gone with the bushes i'm Erin,
1: and i'm liz or ma
0: or or just ma and or just so this week ma tell the people what we're talking about
1: well by popular request margaret requested that we do Casablanca.
0: casablanca so we did 1942 film directed at michael kurtz curtis or yes and trying to find my my notes where it is um based on the unproduced screenplay everybody comes to rick's by murray burnett and joan allison screenplay by julius epstein philip epstein and howard koch C O, or k-o-c-h And here's an interesting tidbit. Already? Philip Epstein, one of the screenwriters, is the grandfather to Theo Epstein, who is the general manager. He was the general manager of the Red Sox when the Red Sox broke their curse and the Cubs when the Cubs broke their curse.
1: Uh Oh, good luck charm in
0: baseball. Uh Uh-huh. So that's just a little bit of a background on them.
1: And it was a good luck charm for him because this, is, this was named the best screenplay of all time in 2006. Of
0: all time?
1: Of all time. And what's funny about that is they kept rewriting every day. The actors never knew what was going to happen.
0: I've heard and, conflicting uh, stories on that.
1: Well, I know that Ingrid Bergman, I saw a, um, an interview with her. She was, she was conflicted because she didn't know when she was acting out if she was supposed to be in love with Laszlo or in love with Rick at the end because they didn't know they shot, they were going to shoot two endings, hmm. but the ending that they shot, they state, they went, oh, that's it. We're going to keep that.
0: Well, I have something to add to that when we get to the ending.
1: Okay. I will not jump ahead.
0: All right. So, uh, I guess a little bit more background. This was shot entirely at Warner Brothers, located in Burbank, except for the airport, that was shot at Van Nuys Airport.
1: It was. That's I read that. Yes.
0: So no, no one actually went to Morocco, people. All right. And I
1: heard they they reused um, different sets as well. It was a time of saving money. Because it started before uh, Pearl Harbor.
0: Ah. Mm. And then production ended after Pearl Harbor?
1: Um, I I guess, because the premiere was in 42.
0: All right. So, here we go. Casablanca. So, it takes place, its location is in Casablanca, which... At the time of 1942, when the movie takes place, it was uh, French Morocco.
1: French Morocco, exactly. And, and so
0: it starts off with a, a title shot, a, a old school graphic, if, if you will, of Africa, the top of it. And it shows French Morocco. I kind of thought it was funny that French Morocco was basically all along the Mediterranean. <laughs> like, <laughs> French Morocco didn't really go go down into... They pretty much took all the coastline and was like, this is French Morocco. Exactly. Location, location. All the smart people do. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So it starts off, we're in French Morocco, and two German soldiers, who, they're Nazis, they are looking for a stolen document. Because uh, a spy, was it a spy, or someone was shot in the back, and they got these uh, documents.
1: I think it was a spy courier.
0: A spy courier. So these two documents are very important. They're visas, and they were were blank visas, and they were signed by, and this is under um, a bit of contention because the the version of the movie that I saw didn't have any subtitles when foreign language was being spoken. So they say on some of them, it says that these visas were signed by de Gaulle, who was the free... French leader of uh, France but at at this time France had been taken over by the Nazis and so other people were saying that it was the Vichy France uh, head honcho who signed them regardless these things are important because people are according to the movie heading toward Casablanca as a jumping point to get to Lisbon to then fly to get the hell out of Europe
1: yeah it was it was the way to get out of Europe at this time
0: So, everybody who's basically in Morocco, in Casablanca, looking to get out, are refugees. Correct. The best-dressed refugees ever.
1: Well, because only the rich people could actually buy those papers, because they weren't free. And then, yeah, because other people were just they didn't have the money to get out. If you didn't have the money to get out, you weren't getting
0: out. You're SOL. Yeah. So there's this guy, I think he's Ferrari because he's in a fez and he's, um, because, well, basically, the German guys that are there, the Nazis, they hear about these two missing papers and they're like, round up all the usual suspects.
1: Yeah, I love that, the usual suspects.
0: And so I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know if... If uh, the Nazis, like if they were not, if these were Nazis that were looking for the people or if these were like the good guys looking for the people, if these were like Moroccan people, until I heard toot sweet. And I was like, them, some Nazis. Yeah, that's German.
1: Everybody was looking for the documents, but the Nazis wanted the people who had carried the documents
0: because they were the ones that killed the German guy. The, the other exactly. Nazis. So they exactly. were like, you killed one of us.
1: Yeah, you don't do that. You
0: don't you don't kill Nazis. So there's this guy, he he kind of runs the black market. And he's got this Fez and the sweetest zebra tie ever.
1: <laughs> was that the big dude? Yeah,
0: the big there's this, this Ferrari, big bad dude, yeah. Ferrari. He's got the sweetest zebra tie. And then I was wondering, oh, I bet that's probably real zebra. <laughs>
1: It probably was.
0: That <laughs> tie for the times, I'm like, guess it was probably real zebra. But yeah, that was a pretty was. sweet zebra tie. I Automatically, I was like, this guy's nefarious. He's up to no good. Because that yeah. is a pimp tie if I ever saw one.
1: Yeah, he was running the black market.
0: Anything that you wanted, Ferrari would get it for you. Yeah.
1: All right. Even if you wanted a Ferrari. Hey. Hey.
0: So then we are introduced to Rick's Cafe American.
1: American. American. American.
0: Mm-hmm. American. <laughs> so everyone everyone who wants to leave, they all want to go back to freedom. And Rick's is is the place that you go. You unwind while you're Oh, there they are.
1: <laughs> They're the gentlemen. <laughs> That was Chandler and, and his little sidekick, Mac.
0: Took two episodes for them to crash this show. <laughs> All right. So Rick's American Cafe. That's, that's where everyone wants to go. It's almost like a uh, kind of like the Cotton Club of French Morocco, except not nearly as cool.
1: Right. It's the in place to be. It's also, I, it seems to be the only place to go to wait and wait and wait and wait for the plane to Lisbon.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, you got drinks, you got uh, music, you got some gambling going on in the back room. In the back room. In the back room. So... The first, so the first thing that we uh, like, we're in Ricks. We kind of do a, a whole. You, we get the lay of the land. You get to see that there's a whole whole lot of different people from all different nationalities, lots of stereotypes going on. Yeah, it, it basically just sort of sums up that this is this is a place where just all different sorts of people interact and mingle,
1: and and many are not of um, the best nature, like that. Um, like the shady character who um, who keeps pickpocketing people.
0: Oh, he is one of my favorite characters. Yeah,
1: he is pretty funny
0: because he's very smooth. But you don't want to get into a conversation with this guy because while he's telling you what his <laughs> what his left hand's telling you, his right hand's stealing from your pocket.
1: Exactly.
0: So we see a close up of a check, and it just says okay, and it's signed by Rick. Rick. And we reveal. Rick, there he is, the legendary Humphrey Bogart.
1: Humphrey Bogart in that white tuxedo jacket.
0: White tuxedo jacket. He's looking sharp. Now, watching Bogart in these modern times, because we're all familiar with the lore of Bogey by now, he's like this, this superhuman, like almost this mythological American male figure who... I'm sure will appear in if it hasn't already in CGI commercials to sell us things.
1: Exactly. But this, he had to have lifts in his shoes. He's a small or dude. St- stand on boxes or sit on pillows whenever much taller Ingrid was around.
0: He is a small guy with a yeah. gigantic head. Yeah. Did you see the size of that melon?
1: That's a big head.
0: You look at his shoulders in proportion to his head, and you're like, my God, you are famous How for your head, man.
1: How does he hold that thing up? Hey,
0: He, he, no, he had to just always be sleeping. I don't know. The, the work that his neck was doing to <laughs> hold up that head.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: It's a it marble. was working
1: over time, shall we say.
0: It's a modern marvel. So soon after we, we see and meet uh, Rick's character, my main man, one of my favorite old-timey actors, Peter Lorre, comes onto the scene.
1: Now, Peter Lorre, is it th- c- because Claude, Claude Rains is in it as well?
0: Oh, he's Captain Louie, right? That's
1: what I didn't know. Which one was the the weird talker?
0: Oh, the weird talker with the buggy eyes is Peter Lorre.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay.
0: So, <laughs> I mean, look, people, we, we kind of fly by the seat of our pants. Like, looking up in research isn't our forte. Hey, I've done a
1: lot of research. I just didn't.
0: Yeah, you you, you all have phones. Yeah. You have high-tech computers in your pockets. You can Google it.
1: Exactly.
0: So, But he is a
1: character to watch. It's funny.
0: Peter Laurie. he's got these these big bug eyes. They're kind of wide set. And the way he talks is so creepy, yet funny at the same time.
1: It is a creepy talk. It's
0: very. I creepy. cannot mimic it. You know, I would try to mimic it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that didn't go well.
0: Oh no, no, it didn't. Oh, you got to take it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, so there, there's a, a drunk girl who comes in, and she's all upset because Rick just didn't show up at her place last oh, night. Yeah. So boom, you know boom. she's gonna be. She's gonna come into it later in in the the plot.
0: Well be, Yvonne. But before we get to Yvonne, because I got some great oh. stuff on Yvonne, but so Peter Lloyd, he's the human smuggler. And he's got he's got and, and Rick Rick knows that he's a human smuggler, not to be trusted. But he's got no even Rick says I got no problem with parasites. I got problems with cut rate ones.
1: Ooh, yeah, he had his standards.
0: Yeah, he's got his standards. So big surprise! Peter Laurie's character is the one with the visas. He's got them.
1: That's right.
0: So yeah, that's what I was like, "Why are you cutting to the woman yet? You you, you missed a major part I, of this."
1: I did miss a, a huge part of the This is a rather
0: important part. Dare I say this is the MacGuffin?
1: Yeah. Sorry.
0: So. Pierre Lori, he gives the papers because he knows that the Nazis are, are rounding up everybody, all the usual suspects. And he knows he is a usual suspect.
1: Exactly.
0: So he gives Rick the papers and he's like, you got to hide these for me until I figure out what to do. Right. I think.
1: Yeah. And boy, did he find a really, a really remote place to put them.
0: Unbelievable. Where this g- Rick has these these hot papers, right? Hot he got hot papers. Where does he decide to hide these?
1: Well, in in the piano of the black guy. <laughs> so if somebody gets caught, the black guy's going oh. to
0: Rick's the music in Rick's is played the, there's the piano. It's it's played. It's being played currently as Rick, the owner of the establishment in a white tuxedo jacket. With, walks over to the piano where everyone else is looking because the black guy's playing the piano and singing a great song. And in front of everyone, Rick slips these hot papers into the back of the piano.
1: Yeah, because who's going to pay attention to the owner of the place in his white tuxedo jacket?
0: It's standing right next to the entertainment. He, he hit the piano. He went. It's basically as if he went on stage... With the spotlight on him, yeah,
1: and slip the papers Nobody look. in. Nobody
0: yeah. look. I'm invisible. With <laughs> my cloak of invisibility. So after he dumps the papers off in full view of everyone, that's when he goes over to the bar, and that's when this full you you get the you get you you come to understand who this Rick character really is.
1: Because drunk girl
0: comes in. Yes. Drunk girl comes in and she asks him a couple of questions. She says, (laughs) The woman at the bar, she's had a few and she's angry. And she says to Rick, where were you last night? And Rick says, that's so long ago. I don't remember. (laughs) And then she's like, will I see you tonight? And Rick says, "I never make plans that far ahead." Exactly. Like, like this, Rick is snarky with a capital S. He also says, "I stick
1: my neck out for nobody." I
0: stick my neck out for nobody, and he means it. So, in this right now, if we take a snapshot of Rick, um, I would say this is a man who he he just is out of fucks to give.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It said that he was,
0: wait for it, this is
1: in my notes, he was an idealist, but then he turned cynical, and this is all about his moral dilemma.
0: Mm. Yes, yes. So he. So then the woman, she, she gets her feelings hurt, and, yeah. and she, she gets a few... She's knocking a few back and she, she kind of gets mad and irate and Rick grabs her by the upper, upper arm and is like, look here, lady, you, you settle down. And he tells the barkeep guy, he's like, get a cab for the woman. Make sure she gets home safely and you come right back.
1: And come right back.
0: Yeah, come right Take back. Take her
1: home, but I'm watching. But I'm come
0: watching. Right I'm watching my watch. You come right back. So, you know, he's got 99 problems. But this ain't one. Yeah, that's right. All right. So he gets he gets rid of the clingy woman and he
1: Well there there's going to be an arrest in the cafe. Who told him? Was that uh, Peter Lori that told him there was going to be an arrest in the cafe?
0: No, tonight? no, that's uh that's uh, homeboy, Captain, Captain Louie. So
1: Captain oh, Louie Louis... Renault
0: Yeah, Captain (coughs) Louis. he is, he's the, because, see, since the Nazis have France, and they're in French Morocco, French Morocco is considered unoccupied France.
1: Exactly, even though these Nazis are occupying space in it.
0: So they're basically, basically, from what I was gathering, in a broad stroke to classify this, French Morocco is like Puerto Rico. And the Nazis are like America, it's it's a, like a Nazi kind of territory, you know. They're kind of in charge of all of like the the money and the, the finances and what have you. But the Vichy French, like this guy, he's he's French, but he's uh, he he's kind of like playing with the along with the Nazis.
1: Right. My understanding was Vichy was kind of like collaborators, um, as opposed to the. To the underground that was trying to fight the Nazis,
0: right? They weren't the Resistance.
1: Oh, Resistance!
0: They weren't the Resistance. They were right. the. We like being alive, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of play along with these people because they're in control right now.
1: And he was kind of making money uh, underground in the um, gambling part because he wasn't arresting the gambling. So he was getting a cut of whatever gambling was going on.
0: Yeah, he's. I mean, he's. He's just. He's basically like the, like the boss of this area. You know, he's running things. He's making sure that the Nazis are smooth. He lets Rick, you know, go about and do his Rick things, and he says because he's never seen like he's never seen Rick sell a visa to anybody. He's never seen Rick. Like, do anything uh, super illegal. Like, the most illegal thing that he's seen Rick do is the whole gambling thing. But since right. he's in on that, that doesn't really count at all. Because he's like, look, Rick's never sold a v- exit visa to anybody. And he never would because, like you said, he doesn't he stick sticks his, neck his neck out,
1: neck out for nobody. nobody.
0: So the Nazis, they come and... Um, since since the captain guy he's doing that like rounded up all the usual suspects because there's like other sort of big wiggish nazis coming they come in the ricks and he's got it all set up he's like got, it, basically like he's putting on a show because like somebody's exactly. gonna get arrested or i'm gonna stage it here then the nazis are gonna look at me they're gonna know that i know what i'm doing and so my job's gonna be tight so the nazis come and they're like there's this guy his name is victor laszlo
1: Victor Zandler.
0: He's a thorn in these Nazi side, and they say he must never reach America.
1: Exactly.
0: So these Nazis are chasing him.
1: He escaped from the concentration camp, so he's he's pretty he's pretty dicey. But
0: these see this is this was made in 1942, so I I kind of think that they thought like oh concentration camp like prison.
1: Right. It didn't get quite as. I don't as... think
0: they knew like how dire that right. that really was. Because then, because it... I, I asked myself, I said, self, did people escape concentration camps? And then <laughs> I said, Google, and I asked the same question. And there were people did escape. But from Auschwitz, the largest concentration camp. Only 144 people escaped.
1: And did they stay escaped?
0: Those were like the these 144 people are the people that like escaped and survived. Wow. And most of them, when they did and other people who escaped most of the time, other people who escaped, they escaped from the trains. They jumped the trains. Oh, OK. It is very, very rare that someone actually escape. I in my I did do research on that because I was like, "What?" And I came across this article about this Polish kid. He was a boy scout and he was in the second shipment of people to Auschwitz because the Germans or the Nazis, they they rounded up all the boy scouts because they were Polish boy scouts and they looked at that as a form of nationalism. So they rounded them all up, sent them to the concentration camp and he only escaped because he was able to work. They, he was able to get the small group together. They worked in the stores, so they had access to uniforms. And this one guy, he, they basically stole the fastest car, got in the officer's uniforms, drove to the gate, yelled at the poor gatekeeper, like, this is the head dude, like, you need to open the gate. And they drove through. And wow. it was upon their escaping that they the Nazis then started tattooing the numbers yeah. in, because they were like, well, you can outgrow your hair and everything. But you, you have this number on you. You can't get rid of it. Yeah. So I was like, all right, Victor Laszlo. OK, sure. You escaped from but, a concentration camp.
1: But it was written before we were even in the war, you know, so they didn't really know how. Yeah,
0: that it was they gap. didn't like they were they just were like oh prison but it's just one of those things where exactly like, y'all have no idea. Like, okay. So they're like he must never he must never get there. And so then Rick, because uh the captain's telling Rick this about this Victor Laszlo guy, and Rick bets that this guy will escape. He's like, Oh, he's gonna escape. And he's like, No, he's not. He's traveling with a woman. A There's lady. no way that he's gonna escape. And so Rick bets ten thousand francs to the captain that this the Specter Laszlo guy, he's gonna escape. And the captain, being a gambler, takes him up on it. Yep. So the night goes on and Peter And Laurie the two of them
1: are coming to Rick's because they need two visas to get out.
0: So we have we have two visas, which everyone saw Rick in the piano. The piano played by piano man played by
1: Dooley. Somebody Dooley. <laughs> <laughs> by, by, by Dooley Wilson. <laughs> yes. It wasn't Sam Dooley. It was Dooley Wilson. Sam is the name, the character's name.
0: Right. He's the piano man. He's the entertainer. So how is
1: the, how, when Rick puts the papers in the piano, how are the keys still
0: playing? It's a fantastic question. This movie, that's, it's interesting that you say this is the best screenplay, because there are holes in this.
1: There are holes, but I'm just saying what other people said. I didn't say it was my best screenplay. (laughs) So. Should we go to the piano expert? I guess moment uh, ma- the um the person who actually composed our music for uh, our intro um the legendary manzel if somebody puts papers in the top of a stand-up piano isn't that going to mess up the keys when you play depends on where the papers fell in the stand-up piano could affect some, but it depends. There you have so, it. So, thank you, thank you.
0: So, yeah. Major
1: Strasser and Herr Heinz come
0: in. Ah, yes. I didn't know their names. Uh-huh. And I, I believe kind of soon after that, Peter Laurie, he either walks in or he's, ga- no, he's gambling. Yes. He's gambling, and they walk up to him, and he turns around, and they're like, you're under arrest. And he's like, Yeah, let <laughs> that me... That
1: was perfect. Uh, <laughs> that was exactly <laughs> what he sounded like. <laughs> he's like, nah, let me, uh, <laughs>
0: please, uh, let me cash in my chips. <laughs> and so the Nazis... The Nazis are very patient in this film. They're like, yeah. "Oh, okay, that sounds very reasonable, sir. Yes, let us let us walk you to cash in your chips." Hey, he's going to prison. Like, what the hell? The Nazis <laughs> should have smacked the chips out and really just shot them right there on the spot because they're Nazis. I know, but this well, is that,
1: nineteen forty-two. That's the nineteen forty-five Nazis.
0: Yeah, people don't know about nineteen forty-five Nazis. These are like, these are reasonable nineteen forty-two Nazis. They're like, "Oh, these." They play by the rules of warfare, so Peter Laurie goes to, to cash it his chips, and <laughs> you know that it's just he's just making time for when he can and bounce, and he's just like ah, and, and runs away, and the Nazis they run after him and they shoot him in the back.
1: Yeah, I mean he had to see
0: that come. So yeah, so there go. I was kind of sad because I was like, nah, I wanted Peter Laurie to remain. <laughs> But Peter Lorre's out the game.
1: Yeah, he was pretty much the comic relief.
0: Mm-hmm. So at this point, there's a... This, see, this movie, it's up there in, in uh, the screenplays because it has so many famous quotes. Yes. So what if, when somebody says to Rick, well, what's your nationality? And Rick says, I'm a drunkard. <laughs> Just,
1: Which is pretty funny It's <laughs> a great of that.
0: I mean, Rick's got some great lines. I like Rick. Like this guy, but so was he thirty-seven when he made the film? Because he's thirty-seven in the movie.
1: I don't know. I know it was before he married Lauren Bacall, I just, but I don't know his age.
0: I was just like, man, that is that is a uh, we we are the same age and we do not look the same. Right. Well,
1: it was the, he because smoking is what did him in at the end he got lung cancer so um that all that smoking
0: i yeah i guess so and it, it was different times so that people are like all right the nazis they want this victor laszlo because he's been printing lies lies fake news fake media about the nazi party and right on cue as the nazis are complaining about this victor laszlo and how he can't be, you know, we got to get him. In he walks. And in walks Isabella Rossellini.
1: She does. It's not and right away, Sam is looking, going, oh, 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 this is not good.
0: Right. It's not Isabella Rossellini. It just looks like her to me. It's her mother.
1: Oh, you said Isabella. I did. It was Ingrid Bergman.
0: It's her. Ingrid Bergman. Looks just like Isabella Rossellini to me. So, in she walks, and Sam sees her, and he's just flustered. Because he's like, oh, oh, snap. Oh, no, not her. And this guy comes up to Laszlo. Because everybody, everybody's trying to sell things so that they can get enough money to go back, like to start a life in America and to pay people and stuff. And so this guy walks up. He's like, I got this ring. He's like, you two look like you're going to America. I got this ring. Do you want to take a look at it? And the guy's like, no, I don't. And he's like, well, it's, it's an old heirloom here. Look at it. And he flicks the ring open and there's some sort of like cross in it. And it's a signal to Victor Laszlo that this guy is in the resistance. And exactly. he knows who he is, so he gives it back. He's like, "Oh, it's a very nice ring. Um, I don't know. I guess I'll meet up with you later to discuss purchasing it." And so then, the I think the captain comes over to the table where Laszlo. because
1: those two are looking for Peter Lorre because he has their their way out. Yeah, their their um. Something of transit. There are papers of transit or something. They're, they're which cool there really was no such thing. But, yeah. Yeah. And, okay. So they don't know he's dead yet.
0: They don't know he's dead. I believe, though, that the... The, um... The, the captain comes over. hmm He might... I think he might tell him that he's dead. And he tells him that, like, oh, this place is owned by Rick. And then the captain says he basically is like and there at Isabella Rossellini he hears Rick and Ingrid she sees Bergman. Sam <laughs> Ingrid Bergman
1: this is gonna be a mammy mo- mommy oh, yeah. thing
0: she's <laughs> Isabella Rossellini to me but okay. she's not she, Ingrid Bergman so Ingrid Bergman sees Sam knows like where, where Sam is Rick can't be far behind He's even like... So then the police captain's saying, like, oh, yeah, this guy Rick, man. She's like, oh, tell me about Rick. Because she's like, it can't be the same Rick. And he's like, oh, man, Rick. You know, I'm a guy and all. But if I wasn't, <laughs> like...
1: Exactly, yeah. I'm Rick straight, is the kind of man see, that I will... Changing.
0: Yeah, it, that, was, that was kind of a weird conversation. And so he's basically like, yeah. Oh, man, I'm in love. And so... I think, like, doesn't the, the, doesn't the French guy kind of tell Laszlo, like, it, I don't know, he kind of, like, tries to put him in his place or something, like, oh, you shouldn't go. I, I don't really remember, because I'm like, what do, what, like, what's your argument, French guy? Like, these are Nazis. You're going to try to convince, talk this guy out of, like, not trying to get these visas? This is, I don't even understand what your argument is. But Laszlo, and Laszlo's like, yeah, what the hell? I got to get out of here. I need to, I need to find out, like, I, I, I just got I gotta get out of here. Like, so what's going on? So where does that leave us now?
1: That leaves us with hi, uh, the, the captain saying, okay, fine, you can have tonight, but you report to my office tomorrow morning. Ah. Uh, hmm
0: So then doesn't Laszlo go somewhere because ilsa who is ingrid bergman
1: i thought he went to get him drinks at the bar because
0: she she goes up to sam and sam's like oh oh snap why'd you have to come up to me and ingrid bergman's like play that song sam
1: And and Sam's going, Rick's not here, ma'am. Leave him alone. Yeah, get out of here. You're bad luck for him. Yeah, what are
0: you doing? He's like trying to put his life together. Get out of here. Leave
1: him alone. You're bad for him.
0: and, And he's like, oh, but please, Sam. Please. Sing it, Sam. Sing it, Sam. You know the one. So Sam starts tinkering away at that classic song. As time goes by. As time goes by. You must remember this.
1: And the camera is just on Ingrid Bergman with the, the gauze filter so you don't see any wrinkles. And she looks absolutely gorgeous. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Just her in her eyes, you can just see her.
1: And there's like, twi- but but like liquid in her eyes because she's, you know, tearing up.
0: She's tearing up because she's not in the present. She's in the past.
1: She's, she's reliving few days in Paris.
0: A few days in Paris. And right on cue,
1: Rick comes over and he yells at Sam, "What are you doing? I told you never to play that song again."
0: Yep. And then, I think that, isn't that when Rick learns that that like yeah, she's Laszlo's wife? Yeah. And so Rick has bet 10,000 francs that, he, that this guy's going to get out. He never sticks his neck out for anybody. He says this guy's going to get out, and there's a woman involved, and the woman who's got to get out is this, this woman who we don't know yet the extent, but we know that she's something to Rick, and she hurt And he's right something
1: back. to her because she's got those tears twinkling in her eyes.
0: She does. She does. So...
1: At that time, the police come in and say the precinct's being broken into. There's curfew is in effect. Everybody get out of here. Good night. Good night. So everybody's got to go. Got to go. Got to go. You
0: don't have to go home, but you got to get out of here. And so then uh, I think that's when Sam, or not Sam, but Rick, he, I mean, it, it's like a ghost has walked into his life and he's not going to bed.
1: No. He's staying up, drinking alone.
0: He's staying up, drinking alone. And it, one of the famous quotes of all the gin joints and all the towns and all the world, she walks into mine. Yeah, I mean, that's torturous. Yep. All right, and then and Sam's like, but boss, come on, let's go to sleep. Let's go golfing. Like he's Sam is trying to to get Rick out of this funk any way he knows how. He's like, let's yep. go on a vacation. Let's go fishing. They're in let's a go desert. Put-put. There's yeah.
1: a putt putt down the road. Let's go
0: drinking. I don't know. And and Rick's like. Play it, Sam. And he's like, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, play it. And he's like, I, I can't remember the song. And he's like, you played it for her. You can play it for me, damn it.
1: Because Rick thinks she's going to come back. Yeah. She's got to come back. He, he, we don't know why yet. We don't know what happened yet. We have no idea. Until Sam starts playing as time goes by. And then what happens?
0: Flashback. Eh? Flashback. Oh, man. Cue the montage of love.
1: Remembering Paris. So
0: they're in Paris, and these two are in love. They're in convertibles. They're eating French cuisine. They're sitting on couches, smoking cigarettes and drinking champagne.
1: And when she came and sat on the couch, did you notice how far she had to slouch down? I didn't. I did. I thought, oh, and then later I read, oh, that's because she was so much taller than he
0: was. Uh, I, I, yeah, by this point, I'm j- again, I'm just like, if that head was any bigger, it would have its own orbital it's rotation.
1: A, it's a little distracting.
0: I mean, I thought maybe <laughs> she had to slunge down to get out of the orbital pull of that thing. <laughs> she didn't want to get too close. Otherwise, she's stuck.
1: And and they and he's asking her questions uh, about her past. Oh and yeah,
0: yeah, I she, have that.
1: Yeah, no questions. Oh, no questions.
0: Yeah. Oh no, wait. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, uh, I guess I don't have that. It, it's and basically like who were who are you? Where were you before? What did you do? Blah Because blah, blah. he's just in love. He wants to know everything about this woman, and she's like exactly. no questions.
1: And he's in lust too. Those two are yeah. pretty lusty.
0: And then he's like, Oh, well, do you have a man? Like, what's the deal? And she's like, He's dead. And she was like, All right, I'm not going to say anything else. Mm. So I guess that brings us to June 14th, 1940. Because that is when the Nazis stormed into, into Paris. Paris. And we're like, Ah! You guys are having too much fun. kaput. So, the Nazis... And, go ahead.
1: Rick is on some kind of a blacklist. He can't ever go back to America, and they never tell us why in the script.
0: Well, but, I don't know why. I know that Rick was fighting for against the fascists in Spain. Right. And he had been selling arms to, like, the people who were... Um, Fighting against fascism in Spain. Yeah. And, but he was kind of like, I'm done with that. He, he kind of had gotten like cynical and stuff. Exactly.
1: So. He's not sticking his neck out for anybody. Yeah.
0: It's just like, come on, war. What is it good for? Um, but,
1: but there evidently is a price on his head if he goes back to America.
0: Oh, I, I mean, that. I, I, again, I, that went over my head. I missed that.
1: Well, that's why there are two of us.
0: Because <laughs> uh, did America, ha- I guess America did have prices on heads. I I don't know, I just thought that was more of an old West thing. Like, what did he do? But like you said, he didn't really get into it. So
1: no, they okay. did. The, the writers didn't know what it should be. And so they just left it alone.
0: Look, stop asking questions. He just can't go back to the U.S.
1: Exactly. Right? Exactly.
0: Like what that what do you want from us? So, Paris, when Paris is falling, um, he. I, they drink, before,
1: before the Germans come in and they're on the couch and she's slouched yes. down because she's so much taller, that's when another famous quote comes in. Mm. They're drinking champagne. Mm,
0: mm, and mm. he says. Wait, wait, wait. Is this when they're drinking champagne because they're like, uh, I'm going to water my garden with this champagne? I'm going to flush toilets with this champagne. That was I'm gonna my do daddy. Whatever. That was my
1: daddy in <laughs> Germany. Exactly. Toilets.
0: When they said okay. that, I thought of, of Paul because I was like, that's what he said. Because the French wanted to drink up all the champagne because they didn't want the Nazis to have any of it. That's right. So they right. Were just that's like, right. we don't care. They're drinking. They're taking showers in champagne just so the Nazis can't have it. And they're sitting on the couch and.
1: And he looks at her and goes. Here's looking at you, kid.
0: Here's looking at you, kid.
1: And they say that that was ad-libbed by him and that he used that in in other films he was in. Oh. Mm -hmm. Interesting tidbit. You only get here on Gone with the Bushes. So the the Gestapo's coming into Paris and they say, With the whole world crumbling, we find this time to fall in love. Don't it just stink? Indeed. Don't it just stink isn't part of the
0: quote. And we added that. They should have, they should have, in the rewrite, if they had asked us.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're making
0: plans to leave, and, uh, you know, they got to hightail it out. Much like if you remember last week in Gone with the Wind, it's a gots to go right now type situation.
1: Exactly. It's a no knock raid.
0: (laughs) It is a no knock raid right now. (laughs) Do not pass go. So, um, Rick, Is like, look, uh, I got these two passages. I'm going to swing by your place in the morning, pick you up. We'll head to the train station. And Ilse is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got some things I got to do first. You're like, what? The the Gestapo is in Paris. we got the Nazis here, woman. The Nazis. I know this is 1940, and you don't really understand the full magnitude of the Nazis being here, but they're here. So what do, you have to, yeah, what do you have to do? And if you notice, there's also Rick was trying to pressure her big time into getting married. Like, yeah. oh, we'll get married and on the she boat. she was pretty and she standoffish was like, uh, about it. No. Yeah. Rick was like, uh, no. He's like, we can get married right now. She was like, oh, uh, no. I was like, man, Rick, take the hint. <laughs>
1: mm, I know. Then he goes, okay, we'll get married in Marseille. And she goes, oh, 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 hey, uh, I have
0: things to do. Yeah, I got to go. Oh, look at the time. Yeah, 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 I'll see you at the train station. I was like, Rick, you damn fool.
1: But before they separate. I
0: don't know. Does
1: he say it or does she say it? Kiss me as if it were the last time. She says it. Say
0: it. She says that to Rick. Yeah. Should,
1: uh, <laughs> should he not read the hand, read the handwriting on the wall there?
0: She's got other things to do so she's she's yeah. not going to like she's not really down with your plans. She refuses to marry you in all the different situations and scenarios you've proposed. And she says, "Kiss me again. This is our last kiss." Yeah. And then it cuts to Rick with Sam at the train station and oh, he's like so shocked scary. because where is she?
1: At this point, somebody should come in and say, dude, she's just not that into you. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the train is getting ready to pull out, and somebody comes with a note that says.
0: Oh, I didn't write down what the note said. Oh, oh, it was a Dear John kind of note. I
1: can't meet you. Go. I love you. And it's raining at the train station, of course. And, of course, that was when, you know, ink was. Um, runnable, and so all of the words are all running down the page as if she's like crying mascara heart.
0: tears. Just I know there, there it goes. <laughs> and in the note, it says, like, you can never know why.
1: <laughs> like, oh, I guess I didn't read that before it ran down the page.
0: Yeah, I was, it's like, I can never see you again, and you can never know why. Uh, like, all, all right, yeah. I was like, that, that
1: clears it up for me.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be tortured by this at all. I'm not going to go to some Northern Africa place and just be a smart ass to women all the time and have a huge drinking problem. No, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to put myself together. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't going to scar me. No, I'm going I'm to be fine. Watch me soar.
1: And then that montage is over. We're right. back at the bar.
0: He's drunk
1: drunk smoking cigarettes sam is still there and guess who shows up she shows up she walks in and she says can i tell you a story (laughs) Vic?"
0: and rick's drunk and so he's like a story let me guess because all stories are the same they all start with a stupid piano song you bitch
1: is it, is it a story about how I'm standing in the rain reading your letter with my heart spilling out onto the pavement? And, oh, so she just walks out. She goes, I, I, I don't have to put up with this shit.
0: Fine. I'm out. Yeah. So she walks away.
1: That was all one evening. All of that happened one evening. Yeah. Huh, I'm exhausted. It's the next day at the police station.
0: Mm, I don't remember this.
1: Are you there with me? I don't. Laszlo and Ilsa, Ingrid Bergman's name, go to the police station. Mm -hmm. And Herr Strasser, Captain Strasser, somebody, says that Laszlo can stay in Casablanca. They'd probably go to another concentration camp. If he names the leader of the underground, uh, you can have a visa, or you can go back to the CC. Yeah, not the OC, the CC. <laughs> the
0: CC. Oh, <laughs> such different shows.
1: And, and I have it's still unoccupied France, and Ugate, who was the who was Peter Laurie, is dead. So his next step was the black market.
0: Okay. And isn't the ring guy dead? He tells. Doesn't the Nazi guy say like, "Oh, by the way, your friend that you were supposed to meet, the guy." Yeah, but that
1: was that was uh, Peter Laurie because he had the visas or the letters of trans transit.
0: Yeah, but I then I thought no, the no, ring guy... No, no, no. Remember when they they came into the cafe and the guy oh, was like, Oh, okay, because he was underground you. too. Okay. Yeah, because he was underground. So they're like, Oh, by the way, that guy's dead. Unless it... Maybe yeah. it's the same guy. I don't know. And they said like, Oh, we're not sure if he committed suicide or he tried to yeah. escape.
1: That's right. Because we know that Peter Lorre was shot in the back.
0: Right. Okay. So this, I'm just like, Man, these Nazis are like really polite. I don't understand how... This guy's just taught, like, he escaped from a concentration camp, and he's <laughs> just like, oh, we we will let you stay. He's like, this guy's just walking around. Yeah. Laszlo. So, they're walking around, because now they need the black market, because Peter Lloyd's dead. So, they, guy- they go to the parrot guy, who's Ferrari, who's a.k.a. Zebra Tie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So but
1: before they get there, there's a there's a digression in the plot.
0: Ah, with Rick.
1: With the uh, the young couple. Oh. Because the, there's a, a young couple that are trying to get out. And the young girl, who in real life was the daughter of somebody
0: on the film. I have to say, I thought the young girl, I was like, is she black? Because she...
1: she's probably Jewish um she
0: just looked I was just like oh this is this is like uh diversity casting 1940 style
1: oh Eh, okay we'll go with that
0: I mean for the 1940s
1: yeah so they go to Ferrari to try to get black market visas and Ferrari go Ferrari wants the letters of transit Uh, But they don't get the visas. And then later something else happens with this diversion of the plot.
0: Oh, yeah. I just remember. I didn't remember the first part. I don't know. I guess I was writing notes at this time.
1: I know. You you couldn't pause it. Yeah. And then Rick went into the Blue Parrot, which is owned by Ferrari. He goes there because he knows the police are going to toss his joint looking for those letters of transit.
0: Which... uh, (laughs) Did he move anywhere? Did he, he? He's in the Ferrari's parrot place because he's like, yeah, the police are tossing my. They're looking for those papers, which are there, which are in the one place that this guy. Like, <laughs> I, I, my, my mom, I was like, oh, he that rig. He must. He must have moved them because if his place is getting tossed, like that's probably like the second place. It's in the top five of places I would look. I'm going to look in the piano.
1: Well, you will now.
0: <laughs> always look at the piano. Like so, Rick, there... What, what happens?
1: Then, um... Oh, so he must have run into Ilsa again.
0: Oh, he runs into Ilsa at the market.
1: Oh, the Rick I knew in Paris would understand. Not the one with hatred in his eyes. Lazlo is and was my husband in Paris.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a bombshell. So Ilsa drops this bombshell on Rick because Rick's kind of like, who is the guy that you left me for and all this stuff? And remember from the flashback, Ilsa says that her husband was dead.
1: Yeah, because she thought he was.
0: Right. But turns out that he wasn't.
1: And she got that information right before she was supposed to go meet him at the train. Right that Laszlo was alive, so she couldn't go meet him. Right. Because, although she wanted to be with Rick, Laszlo had saved her in Lille and in Marseille, and so she couldn't just not be go back to him.
0: Well, and also, like, she was married to him. Yeah. Be- I mean, because, really, this is... Not- well, I'll get to it later.
1: Okay. So... They're well, Ferrari to- says he can get Ilsa out, but he can't get Laszlo out.
0: And they're like, no. And,
1: yeah, and Laszlo goes, I'm not going without without her. I mean, Ilsa says, I'm not going without him. Yeah, and they're,
0: so, they're both, yeah. like, being stubborn and like, I'm, I'm yeah. not going without you. Well, I'm not going without you, but you yeah. have to go. No, I don't have to go. I know.
1: Save yourselves, people. <laughs> okay, so the Germans enter Ricks and Yvonne, the drunk girl, comes in with a German.
0: Well, a She's Nazi. Like,
1: Take that, Rick. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You, you, you ignore me. Right.
0: And then mm-hmm. there's this guy in another uniform, I believe a French Resistance uniform. And he's drinking. He's drunk. And he has some choice words for her in French.
1: Oh, he does. And my, um, I had subtitles on, but it didn't tell me what it said.
0: Oh, I didn't have subtitles on, and I didn't need them. He basically called her a whore. Pretty much. He was like, I, oh. I think
1: there were a few expletives with
0: that. Yeah. You're a whore. You're with these Nazis. And she kind of, you know, she's like, gets her feelings hurt. And the German guy, he's picking up on what's going on. And so he has some words for the French guy, and the French guy's got some words for the German guy, and it's fisticuffs.
1: It's fisticuffs. Rick kicks them all out.
0: Right. Rick's like, I don't look. You take your politics elsewhere.
1: I don't stick my neck out for nobody.
0: Right. So at this point, the Germans, the Germans kind of realize, wait, no. Did they do the singing yet? No. Okay.
1: At this point, uh, um, secondary plot about the young girl who needs to, um, who needs the visas. They need to get out.
0: Ah, she's Bulgarian.
1: Oh, that's what it is. Yes. And so she says um, that she goes to Rick and she says, Renault, said that i can trust you and i need to ask you some advice if you had someone who loved you dearly and they did something bad to save both of you would you ever be able to get over that and rick goes oh man renault wants to bed her and then he'll give her the pieces and no he's not gonna get over that and right then, he says, where is your husband? And She says, he's trying to win us the money to go, um, get the visas, but it's not going well. Oh, so Rick-
0: I thought com- she already slept with the captain.
1: No, no. Oh. She would have to in order, and she's asking him, well, I, I don't think so. I think he's saving her from that. Because oh. he goes in and rigs the, the game so that the husband... Wins enough money for their
0: visas. I thought he rigged. I thought they already had the visas, and he rigged the game so that they would have enough money to start over in America.
1: No, oh. no, because what? Renault then is mad at Rick, and and he goes, "Okay, but the next time I do that, you better not interfere."
0: Ah, that makes much more sense. Mine and that and that
1: shows Rick actually sticking his neck out.
0: For true love yeah because rick walks over to the guy and he's like how's it going like she said he's like oh it's not going well and he's like i'm gonna i'm leaving he's basically pushing himself away from the table and rick's like ah why don't you put it on 22 and he looks at the roulette guy and he's like 22 that would
1: be 22 22 two black i believe
0: always bet on black
1: and so, always been on
0: black and so Renault, he sees this whole thing go down and what hits 22 and there's like oh my gosh and he the guy he's no gambler he scoops it up he's ready to leave it and sam's like let it ride on 22. <laughs> so puts it all puts it all on 22 and sure enough 22 black hits again <sighs> and he's like all right now you can now you can take in so then he takes it and the Bulgarian woman. she gets real handsy with Rick thanking him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well she can be handsy because she didn't have to be anything else. Yeah, you know what she I was, was like
0: well, "Look, I know you made up your mind that you were already gonna do this, but hands off. So yeah, there was the, there's the first uh, crack in Rick's you know, the facade, it his, his armor. Yeah. Can we say chink in
1: the armor anymore? I d- well, no, I think a chink in the armor is it's like metal, a right? dent, as okay. like a dent in the armor, you, not as in a racial slur I, against You never know of, with
0: these things. Okay. Well, all right. But so. that
1: doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, maybe it does. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I, I apologize. I don't know. <laughs> We need to move on.
0: Quickly, quickly,
1: quickly. Quickly. A dent in the armor. Yeah, that's, okay. what, that's what I said. And then Laszlo and Ilsa walk in, and Sam starts playing as time goes by but again. Did you
0: notice how like annoyed Sam was? And also that the tempo of the song sped up. I <laughs> he, she's like, can you play it again for me, Sam? And he just, he sighed. He's like... Oh and gosh, I'm sick of, it of, this, being <laughs> of this song. <laughs> it's ba da 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 da. It's ba da 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 da. da 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 da. He's like, let me get through with this. These two, jeez. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they act like they like this is their problems. First world problems.
1: First world problems. Okay. okay. So Laszlo talks to Rick about those letters of transit because they have pretty much figured out he has them at this point yes and rick is like why should i why should i help you and laszlo's i'll be free to reach america and save so many people
0: wait 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 oh no am i yeah i think we did because okay so when when rick helps the woman that, uh, what's his name, the captain sees it and he accuses Rick of being sentimental he's like, I always knew you were sentimental
1: a rank sentimental right, and
0: so then, that's what you were saying like, Laszlo, he wants to talk to Rick he knows that Rick fought against the fascists and Rick tells Laszlo to ask his wife why he won't get him yeah. out cause, cause, yeah, yeah, like you were saying like Laszlo knows that Rick has them and he's like, why won't you help me and my wife? And Rick's like, why don't you ask your wife?
1: Yeah. And Ooh. then
0: at that point.
1: Awkward.
0: A whole bunch of Nazis come in.
1: A whole bunch of them.
0: They take over the piano and they start singing Nazi shit. Uh,
1: uh, definitely a German song. It wasn't the national
0: anthem, but, but it, it was like they were into it and they were happy. And yeah. Laszlo sees them and he goes over all this. There's like a, a whole band that like materialized out of nowhere to me. Yeah,
1: Where did the band come there's, from? There's like a whole
0: brass section. Like poor Sam has this piano and the whole time he had a backing brass section. Yeah. Oh, what? So there's a band there and Laszlo's like the French national anthem. One, two, three, four. And they kick into it, and then it's a sing-off.
1: It was a sing-off. And Ilsa is looking at Laszlo with these doughy eyes of respect. You don't, maybe it's love. You don't know. Is she looking at him with love? I don't think she knew whether she was supposed to look at him with love or if she's supposed to really be in love with Rick.
0: What's my motivation but, here, Kurtz? What's my motivation?
1: Nobody could tell her. Right. I have. It was dueling anthems at this point.
0: I have. It was an anthem off. (laughs) So all of a sudden, like people are just I I think who who is the woman who came in with the Nazi guy before? Oh, she is singing her heart out
1: she was singing her heart out
0: for the french gleaming down her face as she's singing that french national anthem That's right they i mean the nazis are just they just slink away into a corner they get their, their it, they get their asses handed to them and the the german the head german guy is like oh crap this dude is a leader no matter where he is we mm-hmm. have to shut him down
1: right Right.
0: Which, again, I don't like I guess they didn't realize I guess they were baby Nazis and they didn't realize how real Nazis get down because.
1: Yeah. Or where's the guy with the Uzi that just shoots all just, the Frenchmen when they start singing their their anthem? Yeah.
0: Or I'm like, like come on. just shoot Laszlo. Yeah. Well, oh, no, Problem solved. Just exactly. Step over End the of body. movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next. So but
1: Strasser gets mad. So he he shuts Ricks down. Tells everybody, gotta gotta get out of here. This place is no more open for business.
0: Well, no, because the Nazis come in, and they're like, see this guy? And they're like, basically, the Nazis close it down because they're having too much fun. That's what Nazis do. They're like, we must close down Ricks. There's too much fun going on here.
1: They are the party poopers.
0: Party poopers. So the captain, so the Nazi guy was like, well to the captain, because Captain, captain's like, well, there's, they're not doing anything wrong, though. And the Nazi is like, well, find something that they're doing wrong. Yeah. So, the captain goes to Rick, this place is getting shut down, and Rick's like, why? We didn't do anything wrong.
1: <laughs> That's a really bad hungry <laughs> oh,
0: It's horrible. <laughs> I apologize to everyone.
1: That's, uh, who is that? Yes. Yeah, see? Ma! Who was framed, I tell you? Who is that? George, George, Wait, not George is it Jimmy C.
0: Cagney?
1: G- James Cagney. Yeah, that's I who it is. call him
0: Jimmy because I'm out of a, a scene, but then it goes into something else. Okay. It's,
1: but the, we digress.
0: Anyway, the, the, so the captain says, Well, I'm closing you down because you gamble. And I can't stand gambling. I didn't know there was gambling going on. And then the dude from the back's like, Captain, you're winnings. The guy, the captain takes him. He's like, well, Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, this whole place is shut down because of gambling.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give yeah, me that, my money. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's the story. So?
1: So then, uh, oh, Victor tells, uh, he goes over to Ilsa, and he says he's going to an underground meeting.
0: Which, Not- thank, like, <laughs> thanks gone with the wind, because now every time somebody's <laughs> going to an underground political meeting, I automatically <laughs> question if they're, it's a Klan meeting.
1: And I have to tell you, my Wendy came running up to me, going,
0: "I can't watch Gone with the Wind like
1: that ever again." That couldn't have been a clan meeting. <laughs> yeah, that was that was last week. In case you missed it, but this was an underground meeting. But it's he says to, he meeting. says, you know, Rick has those letters of transit, but he won't give them to me, and he told me to ask you why. And then he goes, "Were you lonely in Paris?" Anything you want to tell me? No? And he, somebody says, whatever I do, will you believe me?
0: Well, You don't even
1: have to say it. Be careful. So Elsa's going, whatever I do, will you believe me? And he's going, you don't even have to say it. Really?
0: But this was after, she goes, have you been lonely? And she was like, yeah, I was lonely. And he goes, well, is there anything you want to tell me? And she goes, "No."
1: Pretty much not.
0: She was like, nope, nothing. I got nothing to tell you. No, Nope, nothing. No, I don't know what
1: you're talking about.
0: I know about. nothing. I know nothing. And then she goes, but whatever I do, will you be cool with it? And he's like, yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, totally. I was like, Who these people? <laughs> she just, she just lied. You just asked her, and she was like, oh, "I don't know what you're talking about." But if I have to do something like, duh, will you be cool with it? Yes, of course I will.
1: Cool, uh,
0: excellent. Right. So she leaves. Like, he
1: leaves for his meeting, and she goes
0: mm-hmm.
1: to Rick. Right, because hey, her husband's cool with it, so
0: yeah. So I, you know, I got the woman's got to do what a woman's got to do. So, Rick is having a conversation with the German, and he's trying to see how long that they can afford to stay closed. And they're like, we got two weeks. So, he goes upstairs, and Elsa is in Rick's room.
1: Yep. Uninvited. How'd you get in here? She came up the back way, by the way. Oh. Oh. And she's begging him for the letters of transit. And she says, you have to put your feelings aside for something more important.
0: And, and Rick's like, oh, you're throwing Paris in my face, are you? Well, that's poor salesmanship, toots.
1: You'd say anything now to get what you want.
0: Yeah, and then Elsa calls him, well, you're a coward. And she's like, Victor will die. And he's like, my soap. You're our last chance, Rick.
1: And she pulls a gun on him.
0: And you're like, oh, snap, this just got dateline.
1: Only she didn't call him Rick. Remember, she was calling him Richard.
0: Yeah, and he was like, oh, it's Richard now, see?
1: Because that's what she called him in Paris. And he goes, go ahead and shoot me.
0: My name's Richard. And yet be doing me a favor, Toots. Here, let me make it easier for you. And he walks into the barrel of the gun.
1: And I tried to stay away. The day you left Paris, if you knew, if you only knew. Kiss and sing.
0: Right. Because she tells him that like nobody knew that Victor and her were married because Victor wanted to see it a secret because he knew that if the Nazis knew that they were married, that they would put the screws to her because she's yeah. the wife,
1: as it were. <laughs>
0: yeah. So she said, "So they, they, they always have this thing going back with them, how it's always like a story without an ending."
1: And well, she- they cut to black after the after the kiss, and then they're having a cigarette. Oh. Ah, ah, yeah. and they're telling the story.
0: Yes, and so that's when she doesn't have the strength to leave. She doesn't have the strength to leave Rick again. Like she's not really concerned about Victor because Victor will have his work. And then she just she doesn't know what to do, and she's just like, Ah, oh, Richard, decide for both of us. I don't know. You decide who I'm in love with.
1: you decide because these writers cannot tell me
0: I was like alright like is is she is her character is she just giving like just like oh I'm a woman I can't decide my mind Uh, or is she like super conniving and like I can't decide but I'm gonna make him decide and really by making him decide I've really decided because I'm a woman I don't know
1: Well, as you said, it's a story without an ending, and so you can choose whichever of those you want.
0: All right. I'm going to be honest here. This is where I started running out of paper, so my notes get um, few and far between.
1: Okay. Well, she was saying, I can't fight you anymore, and you have to think for both of us, and I wish I didn't love you so much. Right. And And then that scene must have ended. Because I have...
0: Carl and um, Laszlo escape. The
1: the police broke up their political meeting Mm -hmm. and take Ilsa home. Oh, Laszlo was cut Mm. in a struggle with somebody. And so he had to take Ilsa home. Right. And...
0: But uh, Laszlo's arrested. Oh, and Laszlo, oh, no, I apologize. So Laszlo, they police break up the meeting. Laszlo goes, oh, he he gives Rick the whole good versus evil speech. Oh, yeah. And how, um, oh, here's a famous, famous quote, famous quote lines. Wait, sorry, my famous, oh, hold on, be patient. looking, looking. If we stop breathing, we die. If we stop fighting our enemies, the world dies.
1: Exactly.
0: So, Because, you know, Rick's like, what, the, what are you doing, man? You got this woman. Why are you fighting? And he's like, yeah. we have to fight.
1: And Laszlo tells Rick, you're trying to escape from yourself. We're both in love with the same woman. Use the letters. He gives him the letters. Take her away.
0: So he's like, "Here, you, you take my wife, and you take her away from Casablanca." And so then, and then the French
1: police arrest
0: Laszlo. Right, Laszlo gets locked up.
1: Yeah, because I kept thinking it was the end of the movie, and it kept going.
0: Well, I remember how the movie ends, so I knew it wasn't.
1: So- okay, so Rick goes to Renault, the French captain, mm-hmm. to get Laszlo out. He says, yes, I have the letters. Rick is telling Renault, I have the letters and I'm leaving and I'm taking Ilsa.
0: He's on the last plane.
1: Uh, I have something on Laszlo. You come get him. Ilsa and I will get out on that last plane. So,
0: yeah. So they have. So basically Rick goes to the captain and says, I know you got the guy that you want. And that we have this bet on. I bet that he's going to escape. You bet that he's not. Right now you have him in jail. But what do you say you release him? Now, 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 hear me out. You release him. You set this guy free. And then he's going to come to me for the letters. And then I'm going to give him the letters. And right when I give him the letters... Then you arrest him, because then you'll have him on charges that'll really stick. Like, all of a sudden, they become, like, uh, District Attorney McCoy in Law and Order, talking about, like, charges that'll stick and whatnot. Like, he's already behind bars, though. Yeah. So, the captain makes the deal.
1: Yeah. Because at this point, remember, the writers are writing every day changing things around
0: so oh because they want the germans to arrest Laszlo, i think yes so they release him they're at the airport um rick sells rick's american bar they're not at the
1: airport yet yeah rick goes and meets with ferrari and he sells rick's to ferrari right so you go oh rick is gonna take ilsa and get out of there and get Let Laszlo go back to the CC.
0: Mm -hmm. And then?
1: There's a knock on the door. Rick puts the letters in his pocket. He goes, Laszlo won't be followed here. Wait in my office. We'll tell him at the airport. And Victor, Laszlo, you're under arrest. He turns around. Rick has a gun on Renault, the French captain. Call the airport and tell them. Two letters of transport for Lisbon plane. But Lewis calls Strasser. So they're at the airport. It's foggy. The names on the letters of passport are Mr. and Mrs. Victor Laszlo.
0: Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I ran out of space for notes. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay, so um. Uh, Rick says to Ilsa, we both know you belong with Victor. We'll always have Paris. And she goes, I'd never leave you. The troubles of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. He tells Laszlo she pretended to be in love with him. And they go, are you ready? She says, yes, I'm ready. So he shoots Strasser... um, Round up the usual suspects.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So then right then, Strausser he makes it. They're on the—Loslo oh, yeah. and, and uh, Ilsa are on the plane. The plane is taxiing out. He comes up, and he's like, what do you mean? And they're like, they're on the plane. And he's like, what do you mean they're on the plane? Do You stop them. Pow! Strausser gets shot. You look. The gun bogie has got the gun. Rick's got the gun. It's still smoking. The captain's like, uh-uh. And the French, the French guys come and they're like, the German captain's been shot. Round up the usual suspects. Exactly. So it, it basically I cover it up. The air, they watch the uh, Louis, who's the captain, and Rick watch the plane as it takes off. And they walk down the street and Rick says, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship.
1: Roll the credits.
0: And there you go. There you have it. That's Casablanca. So you were saying about how he—they never knew. Oh, what was the ending gonna be? Right. But I was—I was doing some reading, and I remembered that, based upon like what I read, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. There was a production code in place on movies which made it impossible for Ilsa to leave Laszlo for Rick. She was a married woman. Yeah. They couldn't have, they, like, she could never end up with Rick. Yeah. Like, Laszlo would have to be killed. And really, Laszlo should have been killed, like, the second that they saw him. Because as we keep joking about, he had no business. Like, why wouldn't you lock him up? They're like, "Oh, it's unoccupied France." But like Paris had already fallen. The Nazis right. are the Nazis. He escaped from a concentration camp. So that's kind of just uh well, uh, uh, never mind. <laughs> it's like the Wizard know. of Oz. Don't don't look behind the curtain.
1: I, exactly. I'm really surprised it got so many um so much acclaim for the for the screenplay, because there are a lot of holes in it.
0: I think that the screenplay got a lot of acclaim because of all the great lines in it.
1: That's true. And and I also was reading about the lighting, how any time that they would light um, Humphrey Bogart, they would just do half of his face. Half of it was always in shadow because he was always conflicted mm. and her too. But anytime they did Laszlo's face, it was like just, uh, you know, like almost a halo on top of it. Yes. So the, the scene where the battle of the anthems took place, mm-hmm. um, some of the extras were actually refused refugees that had suffered German persecution. And many of the Nazis were German Jews who had escaped Wow. Yeah. So when they were crying, when they were singing and crying, they were really, that was for real.
0: Oh. And maybe that's why the Nazis were so, like, polite and nice. I don't know. I
1: don't
0: know. And
1: did you know that in 2000, Madonna wanted to do a remake with her being Ilsa? And who do you think she wanted to be, rich?
0: In what year? Two thousand. Two
1: thousand.
0: In two thousand, who did she want to be Rick? Uh, Denzel Washington.
1: Oh, that would have been that would have been an interesting <laughs>
0: controversy! one. controversy.
1: Ashton Kutcher.
0: Ashton Kutcher.
1: Well, that's what it said, and the people she went to said that film is untouchable.
0: My God! I mean, and and Hollywood will make anything. Ashton Kutcher as Rick. <laughs>
1: And Madonna. I mean, we're dealing with a time warp there.
0: I was thinking, like, oh, Javier Bardem. Even, like, oh, maybe Mel Gibson. But I kind of, you know what? I kind of wanted, like, a Netflix series of, of Rick and Louie's adventures. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what did they get into next? So uh, one of the the third screenwriter... Be- besides the Epstein twin brothers, was uh, Howard Koch, I believe. And his job was, he was in charge of the politics of the film.
1: Oh. And so
0: he he considered it a political allegory with Rick being um, the substitute for FDR in that he was gambling on staying out of the war until nobility oh. forced him to commit. And Whoa. first he did it by funding, and then he did it by fighting for the right side. Oh. And I remember when I we were like, oh, Casablanca, and I was about to start it. I live in Southern California. I don't speak any Spanish. But I was able. I was kind of proud of myself because I was like, Casablanca? Why? That's White House in White Spanish. White House? Yes.
1: Black market. <laughs> I think there's a plug in there somewhere.
0: Mm. Well, I was going with the whole political <laughs> allegory, but sure, you could go for the commercialism.
1: Um, so. um, I had that Bergman and Bogart both wanted out of the movie. They said the dialogue was ridiculous and the situations were unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty much what you've been saying all along.
0: I do, but you know what? Even though it, the situations were unbelievable, it was still it still held my attention.
1: It was a good film. And it I, was, and
0: I still like I got it because I got the the emotion behind it. Like right. the actual story and stuff didn't really make sense. But the emotion of this guy fell in love with this girl who fell in love with him because she thought her husband was dead, and then it turns out that he's really not dead and he's really a great guy and he's gonna fight against the Nazis and they need to in order for him to save a whole bunch of people, he has to like be able to save his wife and so this guy has to sacrifice. Like I was like, Oh, okay. And kind of how he gets closure at the end.
1: Yeah, because the problems of three people don't amount to a hill of beans when the whole world is going to hell.
0: Yeah, and it's just, and it's also interesting because it's, I mean, the U.S. isn't in the war, but the U.S. knows what's going on. Excuse me. So, I was like, oh, but yeah, everybody involved in it, no one thought that it was, like, it was just another movie. Studios were cranking them out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, nobody knew that it was going to turn into be like, oh, Casablanca. Yeah. But I wrote down Michael Curtis or Curtis. Um, he was Hungarian and he directed a couple of other films. Uh, I mean, he directed a lot of films, but some films of note would be The Adventures of Robin Hood, starred Errol Flynn. Mildred Pierce, starring Joe Crawford. Yankee Doodle Dandy, starring James Cagney. And he also did White Christmas, Ma.
1: I know, I saw that somewhere. Did he do White Christmas or did he do Holiday Inn?
0: He did White Christmas.
1: Yeah, I think it was White Christmas. One of my favorites, which we might have to do sometime Maybe near the, the holidays. holidays.
0: All right.
1: Well, I think that we pretty much covered everything. I know that the people who love it were talking about every aspect of it. The the writing and um, the directing, it was mixed genres. And the performances were top-notch, they said, all the way from the littlest character up to the, the two biggies.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, I like the, the zooms. They're a nice... Wo- well-placed zooms It's also like you were saying like the lighting i know like when he was opening the safe because they had to pay out some money like you know you have the guy and then you see him it's the shadow of him opening the safe there was a scene with ferrari where he was like the parrot and there was like a shadow of the parrot kind of Uh filling in the corner so it was very very well composed like every shot the lighting Everything, everything looked like it was supposed to. So it wasn't like a hatchet job.
1: Right. And um, it said it holds up with re- repeated viewings, which is uh, the sign of a good movie.
0: Yeah. And I also liked it. I liked it more as an older person than I did. I saw it when I was in college. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah. But after just the weight of the world falls on you, crashes down on your shoulders in life and you're older. Your older experiences, you could take more away from it.
1: Yeah, because when you're older you get more cynical and you kind of see where he's coming from. Yeah,
0: I was I was I was Team Rick. I mean I understood I didn't want her to, to like leave Laszlo. I was still big picture, but I really liked Rick. I liked all oh one of my favorite quotes of Rick. So the captain's asking him um, what on heavens brought you to Casablanca? And Rick's like my health. I came here for the waters. And the captain's like the waters. What waters? We're in a desert. He's like I was misinformed. No, well, I know that
1: was, that was. He had an answer for everything. He did, just
0: very quick, and just the way he delivers them. I was like, yep. man, this is why you're bogey.
1: Yep. And I was listening to um, another nice podcast, uh, you must remember this, um, and it was just about Humphrey Bogart before Bacall, and when he first started out, he didn't have a niche, they didn't know what to do with him, and then he played the bad guy in Maltese Falcon, was that the first one he played the bad guy in? Well,
0: he wasn't a bad guy in the Maltese Falcon, he was, I thought he was the investigator.
1: Well, he played a bad guy in something, a smart, smart, jerky kind of guy. And um, so then then he had his niche. And then he was like a ladies' man, which I didn't ever really see. But, hey, the public bought it, so. Hmm.
0: Maybe it was the Maltese Falcon.
1: I don't know. I didn't take notes on that.
0: Yeah, we didn't watch The Maltese Falcon, so we don't know yet.
1: Yeah, we, we did. And our viewers, uh, our listeners out there, I, I know several. Shout out to Pat Ashton, Wendy Ergler, Donis McMullen. Um, l- let us know any um, people, any movies that you would like for us to do. Um, I have had some friends give us some recommendations. And um, so what did we decide we're going to do next week, Erin?
0: Well, we decided that we are going to do Alfred Hitchcock's The Man Who Knew Too Much.
1: We decided not to go with one of the usual suspects.
0: <laughs> Tying it back in. I see what you uh, did Uh
1: But there. we're going with The Man Who Knew Too Much.
0: Um, of course, all of, I mean, it's subject to change depending on availability of said film.
1: Right, because there's just so much money we're willing to spend to actually have to rent uh, the movie on the Internet to be able to see it. So <laughs> uh, we're hoping that we'll we'll be able to find copies of The Man Who Knew Too Much. If not, hey, it might be a
0: surprise. Right, the second version from the 50s, not the first version in black and white that Hitchcock did.
1: He did two versions of The Man Who Knew Too Much.
0: He. he- he just loved it so much.
1: Well, I guess he knew too much.
0: <laughs> okay, right. then. Yeah. So you can, if you want to uh, give a shout out or whatever the kids are doing, it's uh, gone with the bushes at gmail.com.
1: And uh, shout out to our musician who composed our theme music, the legendary Manziel Bush.
0: Bravo, bravo.
1: And we'll see you back here the next time we're on. Oh, we can be found on Podbean and iTunes. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. I haven't figured out the where to put us other places yet.
1: Okay. Um, our production assistant will be working on that.
0: <laughs> 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 Get on it.
1: Okay. Bye-bye.